in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost, and uh, we are here on another glorious week here in Southern Southern California. Can't even speak. I'm so excited. So excited. Where the number one case rate in the country right now is Los Angeles County. So good times. That's right. That's right. We're, uh, we're one bite away from a zombie apocalypse here in Los Angeles. So we are... Doing our best to stay alive and, uh, uh, you know, give you great content while we're still alive uh, uh, doing the show. So um, that's our life right now. I hope you all are staying safe. Uh, or we hope you all are staying safe and uh, being healthy and doing everything you can to stay away from the people who are spreading it around like crazy and going to parties without masks and swimming pool parties and whatever without masks or big get togethers. Stay out of that shit. It's legitimately like. The equivalent of this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Everybody's like, had you not act like an asshole, we wouldn't be going through this now. Here's we never even got rid of the first wave. Yeah. Uh, oh shit! This tidal wave was much bigger than we thought. Right. Uh, I love that the European Union is not going to allow Americans to travel over there because we didn't do our fucking jobs over yep. here. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. He's like, yes. Yeah. Trump, you're a fucking moron, and we're not letting any of the Americans in here because you all could get us all sick. And we're not gonna. And you know what? We're sovereign countries too, and we don't have to let you in. So I love that. It sucks. We don't get the tourism dollars, but at the same time, it's too great a risk because we took the measures to slow it down. And in certain countries like New Zealand, although it's easier there because they're an island nation, but still, yeah, you know, took care of it completely. We should have more of that. It's just too big, too big of a country, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, and too many people who don't want to listen and adhere yeah. to it, and want to do stupid comments like, "Oh, you're, you know, me wearing a mask means you're stop." I saw in Florida, right? Those people going up there in that city council meeting say they were going to do citizens arrest of the council members if they vote to make it a requirement for them to wear masks because they say you are in, you are imposing your will on my god-given right to breathe and the devil is working through you because you are trying to stop the my breathing process that god gave me when he created me it's like what is wrong with you numbskulls with that right. kind of comment you know what i'm saying it, the other way to look at it is god created scientists and intelligent people so they could try to save us but no no it's the uh, it's the other ones who can barely balance their checkbooks who apparently know more I than think- other people it's mind-blowing dude I think we should do it like this. You can wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. But because there are pretty much cameras everywhere now, and anytime you go into a public place, there will be footage of that somewhere. Yeah. Without that fucking mask on, and then later on, we can backtrace your form of COVID to a specific outbreak that came from over here that you no longer get access to the medical care, and your ventilator gets yanked out of your esophagus and goes the person right next to you through, through no fault of their own yeah. and not be, by being pricks gets to use it. Will that ever happen? Of course not because it's <laughs> getting cruel. 
And I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's fine. It, it is utterly fine. If you do yeah. not want to use a mask, so be it. But yeah. if you come down with it, then don't come whining to me when you're, you need all of our collective health. And we've, we've been doing what we can to stop this. Just I think, go ahead. I think every person should submit themselves to a national database and say, I refuse to wear a mask so that when your name comes up and you get diagnosed with this COVID thing, you're SOL. You are not allowed in the hospital. No one is going to take care of your life. You have to just live with this thing and try to overcome it. And if you can't do it, you need a ventilator. Sorry, you're out of luck. You made your decision. That's the way it should be. That's actually how adults handle situations. I chose to do this or not to do this. And then I got screwed by my decision and I have to live with the consequences. Little babies go and cry to city council and blah, blah, blah. and think they can also go to the hospital after they cry about other people uh, wearing masks and trying to stop people wearing masks. That's what little children do, not adults. Make it free for everybody that is willing, like all medical care. COVID related free for anybody that's willing to sign up and say, I will wear a mask yeah. or the inverse. If you sign up for this, then your health care is not free just as a secondary. Absolutely. You get sick. You're also going to have to pay for it on top of that. Right. Right. Um, and, and and I don't mean that you get caught one time, not wearing a mask. If there's a pattern of you out in public, as Matt said, and there's footage of you and we have facial identity, uh, facial identifying uh, software that we can use. Uh, and we catch you multiple times, not wearing a mask. You know, you should, you know, you're not allowed in the hospital. Sorry, you're not. You're not. I don't. I don't know what we need to do. We need. Ultimately, it's just going to come down to uh, we're going to wear our masks and continue just open everything as much of the economy as we possibly. Yeah, can. yeah. I'm wearing a mask until they have a cure, and and I and and God help the person that comes up to me and tries some shit on me or tries start talking to me about how I've made a political decision to wear a mask. I will absolutely rip their skull out of their right. body. Uh, it's I not going to happen here in LA. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, if I venture out to Orange County, you're Orange County those fools who, who yeah. say that shit. So yeah, Inland Empire, um, right, right, right. Basically, anywhere you could see Aubrey Huff living, <laughs> <laughs> or Kurt Schilling, yeah. or Kurt Schilling, exactly. <laughs> this indignant, rich white dude being like, "This is America, yeah. all right. I have the right." And then I always love that it doesn't. It doesn't kill that many, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be a killer of children. So amazingly, it just takes off people with underlying health concerns and old people and be like, all right, so you're just, in essence, saying that their life is worth less than yours. Well, uh, it's at, if you look at the statistics, it's starting to affect people at younger and younger ages now. I mean, they had that the offshoot with the kids. The kids were getting it as well. Yeah. And they were getting their whole thing. And now you're hearing Trump's going to defund uh, a uh, uh, testing in five states. So um, he's not going to provide testing in five states funded by the government. Uh, and that's insane to me. And it's all because he's trying to hide the cases to help his reelection. He doesn't care if you die. He could give two shits if you die because he wants to uh, have to tout these false numbers uh, to his slavish devoted fans and uh, and uh, try to win that re-election, even though right now the prognosticators are all saying he's going to get destroyed, which I don't believe anymore after the Hillary yeah. debacle. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's ridiculous how he thinks this is okay, and how Democrats are just kind of sitting back and letting it happen. It's mind blowing to me. Well, because they want him to hang himself on some level, I guess. But people, I know, but it's just as bad. It is just as bad because then you're willfully. You know, going along with this because politically, it makes exactly. It, it does, yeah. I, I think, 
I think it's one of those. Uh, the it's a lot to discuss, and it's probably not for the show. Why don't we move on? <laughs> okay, all right. We have disaster movies. <laughs> yeah, we have. Well, but there's so many facets of why I think this is such a catastrophic. Yes. Catastrophically bad managed thing that it's just too. This is not what this show is. But if you want to end this now, and we can take 20 minutes and just talk about it, you and I, it's like <laughs> two of us. Maybe we tape it and put it out for Patreon. Sure. Hey, bitch, bitch sesh. <laughs> Once a month, bitching about something. Oh, can you believe it's like I, twice in the past week I've had to go somewhere and someone stood uncomfortably close to me in a yeah. line to get in. And you don't want to be an asshole. But at the same time, you're like six feet, man. Six oh. feet. Six wow. feet. Please so give you, me my six feet. You're not you even I, two feet. Get the fuck away. You and I are different. I yelled at a dude in Chipotle the other day who was getting close, too close. I was like, yo. I just I literally went like this. Yo. Like, and then he moved back. And it's like, they were, you know. They were both downwind of me. So that's why I didn't say something. Okay. Okay. The likelihood of, and I'm wearing a mask and they're half-assedly wearing masks. Right, and, right, right. Uh, I, I don't put up with it, man, when I go out. I don't fucking put yeah. up with it. So. It's any, any kind of confined space. <laughs> back the fuck <laughs> off. Someone said, uh, oh, yeah, Ben uh, Ben on, on uh, a recent episode of SCN Live, Ben Goddard, he was like, you know, we can't even watch disaster movies anymore and go like, oh, we would never do that because we absolutely would do that. And apparently you can't use the phrase anymore. I would avoid that like the plague because apparently we don't avoid things. Some people yeah. don't avoid things like the plague. I've so, seen that joke now. <laughs> whoever did it first, good for you. Yeah. Seen it a lot of times now. But whoever was first, man, that's a good joke. It is a good joke. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, sure. but this is the top 10 show. And uh, today uh, we, we're going to have some fun here because we had it's a pay-, <laughs> yeah, da, 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 hey, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> It's uh, today. This is a boss hog suggested topic for those of you who may not know what boss hog is. Maybe you're new to the Patreon or you're new to the show. Uh, boss hog is uh, where you get to the ultimate, the hot, top tier level of the top 10 show, and you get to choose a topic that we're going to discuss. And Matt and I have been really vigilant to make sure we do at least one of these a month for our patrons who are very kind to support us at the $50 and above tier. Uh, and today, I think it's David Mitchell Baker. Is that correct? Correct. It is a DMB. Uh, I believe he's from the UK. Yep. And uh, DMB sent in. He was uh, the way he put it was basically billion dollar box office grocers is what he called it. Yep. But we looked at it as so whoever made a billion at the, the box office, but not adjusted for inflation. Right. Um, it's just straight up whoever made the billion dollars because it's already a list of 46 ish films. Still a lot of films. Yeah. To choose from. Although, honestly, it wasn't that hard a list to put together because there's a whole bunch that made a billion. I'm like, never in a million years would you make this list. Yeah. 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 Good point. Uh, yeah. And others of like, I, I much prefer the previous version, not this one. Right. Right. Uh, the thing or the previous the iteration, the, the your prequel, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the 46, 46 films grossed a billion at the box office. That's who made our list. Uh, of potential candidates. Still, though, a strong showing of movies. Yes. I mean, 46 movies. Good God almighty. That's a lot. It is uh, a lot. And we're going to take our personal top tens out of each of those uh, for the show today. And so it's a great suggestion by David Mitchell Baker. And if you want to, uh, you know, go and be a part of the Patreon or go and, and, and be at the top and, and join the top tier uh, level of the Patreon, you can do it at patreon.com slash the top 10, uh, all one word. 
lowercase with the number 10 with the number sorry with the number 10 uh uh and uh, get involved in that and see all the multiple tiers i mean we've got uh, topic thunder we've got the new jeopardy show jeopardy style show coming so there's a lot of co- uh, things coming from the top 10 show for you to enjoy and uh, a lot of bang for your buck so to speak here when you support us uh so and uh, all of that uh all that uh all that jazz jazz yeah. <laughs> anyway correct uh, yeah. <laughs> what do we got now? What's going on? What? How, 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 should we jump in? Are you ready? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's just go All ahead right. and uh, jump into it. Um, so once we set a topic, or David Mitchell Baker did in this case, we went our separate ways and created individual top 10 lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed a personal top 10 list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. All right. Um, this will be interesting with 46 choices. Yeah, forty six. We're we're bound to have a few in common for God, sure. I hope so. Yeah. Um. So, I'm sure Punt maybe said a couple of times, if forty six that grossed a billion at the box office, that means there's honestly thirty five ish of those that yeah. are solid, excellent films. Yeah, yeah. There's some in there just like it made a billion uh, because it translates across languages, but I don't particularly think it's a good movie. <laughs> you know, yeah, don't know I what agree. I'm referencing uh, specifically there, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot to choose from. So whatever you've got, I think is perfectly valid on this list on some level. Yeah, yeah. and I, I believe you're going to be saying punt, but it's uh, Captain America: Civil War. Uh, yes, just a slight punt though, just a slight punt. Okay, uh, uh, nine did not make your list, which is Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. It did not make my list. You're right. Go ahead. <laughs> If it was two towers, it'd be higher on my list. I like Return of the King, um, but I thought it was a fitting uh, end to the the first three parts. The only, the, to be perfectly honest, the only real three parts uh, of any Hobbiton that we've ever visited on you know film. Uh, the next one should have been one movie at, at about 140 minutes, and it would have been perfect. Uh, but anyway, so King. You know, people find flaws in all the endings. I remember seeing the theater thinking it was completely justified because you had so many different storylines to wrap up. And uh, it just, it builds. It has bigger and bigger set pieces. And, it, you know, it culminates at that, that final battle. And you have all these different factions within it. You've got the city itself, but then you have all the orcs and whatnot. And they're coming in with the the elephant creatures and the... yeah. Yeah, the archer type, you know, uh, warriors that are on top of that, and then they get the ghost people to come out. But and there were pirates that come in that we don't actually see because they were taken out before they could actually get the land. But there's, you know, a marine force that almost lands, and you've got all the uh, the various sides of good. The horse people, what are they called? Dang. Centaurs? No, Rowan. Is it the Rowan? Oh, the Rowan. Right. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. The people. Oh, Rohan. Right, the Rohan. Rohan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Rohan on the horse. Like, when they initially come in and they're barreling through that, it is so amazing. Yeah. D. And then once you add elephants to this mix that have, you know, thistles and whatnot, barbed wire, in essence, coming off of them, you're like, yeah, you guys are good, but these elephants are pretty sweet. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. They managed to continuously. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the ultimate crescendo. I, I think it's it's a beautiful tribute to nine hours of movie making. Yeah. And, uh, while I do prefer Two Towers, Return of the King was excellent. Mm-hmm. 
I got no complaints about any of the fight scenes. The fight scenes are incredible. It's just the, uh, the I mean, the, the march to the mountain is interminable for them to throw that ring finally into the mountain of more. It's just interminable, the stuff they go through. It just takes so long. Uh, and uh, the other situation that's in the, oh, yeah, the the tri- the love triangle between okay. uh, Aragorn and uh, Eowyn and uh, 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 what's-her-face, the Liv Tyler character. I think maybe that's Eowyn. And uh, Miranda Otto, you're just like, oh, oh, cool, 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 cool. So she was like, she was like your bookmark uh, between uh, going back to uh, to her. Nothing happened. I just it, it was pretty much on the table. She's very. It was, but God. nothing happened. Yeah, but they were both very thirsty, and to me, it was like, well, where's your dedication for real, son? You know what I'm saying? His dedication is he did not he did not stray from the path. He <laughs> didn't, but he wanted to, and she he wanted thought to. about it. That's yeah. you know, to err is human. You know, to forgive is divine, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think what you brought up in the past, the Pippin storyline where he's got to sing oh. and all that, that I agree with, uh, you know, that you could cut that out. It really doesn't affect the overall movie. The worm tongue thing is just fucking. That's another thing. Fucking- See, I like the worm tongue. Oh, thing. wait, no, wait, I'm sorry. No, power. The, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry, Matt. The, the, the John Noble thing. I get them confused. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. But the John Noble story with the king being an absolute dick and all of that for so long, you're just like, man, this is just interminable. And Pitt and Singh, all that. It's a waste of time. But it does the things. I don't understand why people love this movie that much or these movies that much because there's so much about them when it comes to the Hobbit storylines that can be a bit like annoying and irritating and overdone. Everything with Aragorn is fantastic or Legolas or Gimli or or Gandalf, even Galadriel. All that stuff with the elves is great. But it's just the Hobbit stuff that just gets on my nerves. It's just so much of the whining. Um, and maybe those are the nerds of Middle Earth, which is why people get so oh. mad at me about it. You know, maybe they they sense like a connection more with the Hobbits because the Hobbits are the nerds of Middle Earth. And so they're like, that's our people. That's our people. And I'm a nerd, sure. But I think I fall more in the Aragorn side of things or the Gimli side of things than I do. I love it. I'm Hobbit. a nerd, but I'm the jock nerd. Okay, well... Uh, we do exist here, man. You know. <laughs> they do, but Aragorn is not a nerd. This is oh, uh, kind of. Well, no, I guess so. I guess you're right. I'm more Gimli. I'm not Aragorn. I'm not a lead, good-looking, dashing guy with incredible beard. There's nothing wrong with that. You very I'm well Gimli. could. I'm Gimli. No, I'm Gimli. I'm cool being yeah. yeah. Gimli's a closer marriage of the two, as the Aragorn yeah. is yeah. all the way on the other end of the spectrum. Yes, Aragorn is the high school quarterback. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I just like and that's all I was thinking in the context of Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Nerds like Ogre. Your- <laughs> Whatever fraternity that was. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean that, that's and I think maybe that's why. You know, like I was talking about it on um on uh, SEN and some uh, I think Lucas Shashak he was like that's such a dong take and I was like mm, is it a dong take it just cuz you don't agree with it and so it's like I can cite you evidence and examples of of how it is. And I may do my own like commentary track on all these movies for the outlaw nation channel. One of these days and tell you, I have, I have a guess, (laughs) but who coined dong take? I don't know. I don't know. Cause that's Uh, terrible. That's (laughs) utterly fucking terrible. We're better than that as a society. Dong take. (laughs) the head where's the subtlety where's the subtext jesus yeah uh it's it's uh it's from 
2018 is when it entered into the Urban Dictionary. Oh. Dong take a, an opinion that has no basis or, for an argument, which is absolutely incorrect. I totally have a basis for an argument. Or, as the explanation given has no merits in relation to the statement being made. Can you see me yeah. right now? Uh, oh, sorry. Yes, I can. Why? You're frozen. Oh, you just popped back. Now you're, oh. in, you're slow. Okay, you're frozen again. I don't know if it's affected oh. on your end or just on mine. Okay, right, let me... Am I am I frozen? Let me di- do you want to dip frozen. out. I, uh, I can dip sure. out and then come sure. back in. It takes like fifteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. Shall so shoot the breeze here? How nice is it that he thinks he's also a nerd and Aragorn, guys? I mean, what is that? What is, you can't have both. You can't have your cake and eat it too on that one. You got to pick a lane, baby. And Dong Take is terrible. Is utterly, utterly terrible. We can do better than that. And whoever uses that as like that's one of their sayings that's you know within their lexicon and the daily use that's terrible too how's that how's that am i good now am i still yeah, you're good. okay cool yeah, you're good. all right sorry about that the internet sometimes can be a finicky place yeah i just um, didn't want it screwing up uh maybe it's just on mine i don't know yeah well you never know it's best to be careful than uh than not um all right so then what's your number eight my eight is jurassic park also not on my list. Go ahead. Um, look, it. looking at the context of the movie now, it still works. The CGI still looks pretty breathtaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a nice blend of using the CGI and the real-world effects, coupled with awesome soundtrack, like solid movie from top to bottom, really fun, perfect mm-hmm. movie. I mean, these billion-dollar movies all, by and large, come out in the summer. And this, with the expectation level coming in to it and crushing it out of the park, like this, yeah. this was an easy choice for me. Whereas the two Chris Pratts are also on that list, and those didn't even sniff making like this side list of what's going to get winnowed down. Uh, I don't know if one of those majors, I maybe if if Fallen Kingdom, which was the last one, correct, it makes anybody's list. It was. It was. I don't understand what you like in movies because that thing fails every which way. Oh, it really does, man. You're right. It's so bad. Even from a logical storytelling point of view, the movie fails. Yeah. And I don't find it entertaining at all. Uh, but the Jurassic Park, like, just utterly, the first time you see, I don't know if it's an apatosaurus or a brontosaurus, but eating the foliage out of the the top when, when Sam Neill hits Laura Dern on the head and gets her, or vice versa, she hits him and he yeah. Stands up to look. I would have done the same thing if that's you're going to a park with dinosaurs and then to see one, something that you've only visualized and dreamt about is now come to fruition. Oh, just been there was an article came out last year that said within five years, scientists believe they'd be able to clone uh, dinosaurs. And that's one of those they believe they could do it, whether or not a they'll continuing down that path and b anyone ever actually tries is. Yeah. For discussion, but we could be within the technological grasp hypothetically within five years is utterly mind blowing. That is mind blowing, man. It is. Yeah. It. I don't think something something that size is never going to exist right now. In yeah. a source, it just on land, you can't get that large anymore. It's just not going to happen. Oh well, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, it's just not going to happen. There's, you know, uh, but Velociraptor, yeah, yeah, sure, it's legit. T-Rex, now probably too big, but maybe, but probably too big. Yeah, Uh, yeah, others are legitimate. You mentioned a pterodactyl? Fuck me. 
Yeah. Oh my God. That big flying around. It, it won't happen. But that fuck big. Not wear, fuck not wearing a mask. The pterodactyl's going to get you. <laughs> that hey, would I'm be glad, insane. Is like as crazy as the ocean is when you see the former some of the dinosaurs that we mock up. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just no thanks, no thanks. That's what really scares me. I can I can wrap my head around, but the ones that are just long torpedoes with teeth, oh, like a barracuda times ten with an elongated neck. That's fuck. Fuck you. Ah, yeah, I think kidding. God needed a little more REM sleep when he was coming up with <laughs> nightmare fuel that he created. <laughs> I'm too tired. Fuck yeah, it. Whatever. A, long, a long row with teeth. Fuck it. It's just so you see the fossils and you're like, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like it should. Like a, a plesiosaur, I believe they're called. And it's like, sure, if you say so. That shouldn't exist. Uh, but yeah, Jurassic Park just managed to conjure up all that, 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 that dreaming and that, that yeah. fantasy and, and, you know, scientific idealism and whatnot. Yeah. It's, it's still effective. I can still watch that movie today. And that's really saying something. Plus, you know, it's a hell of a box office. So congratulations, yeah. uh, Jurassic Park. Listen, you can't argue. I mean, it's and it's it's a billion dollars in 1995 money, I think. So it's like that's pretty incredible yeah. for when it came out. And, and yeah, people love it. You know, people do love that movie very much. It's certainly a very enjoyable movie. I just don't ever feel the desire to put it on. So for me, that really affected what movies made my list and where they landed on the ranking. So Jurassic Park's not one I just go and, oh, let's put this one on. But whenever I watch it, I absolutely enjoy the time I spend watching that movie. Spielberg has directed a hell of a great mainstream pop culture movie, pop or pop fair movie, popcorn movie, and it is fun to watch. Laura Dern and Sam Neill are great. The action sequences are incredibly well shot. The danger, the dread, the suspense, the terror, it's all there. Uh, and the way it even ends, and Goldblum, of course, is the great sarcastic, yeah. uh, you know, voice of the people throughout the whole film is perfect. You know, so you have Sam Jackson, Wayne Knight with some cameos, all that. So overall, it's certainly a very, very enjoyable film. Just not one that I ever want to turn on and enjoy uh, yeah. overall, which is why I didn't make my list. But in no way am I denigrating that film. It's it's a well-made film, you know. What do you got at your 10? Uh, all right. My 10 is uh, Black Panther. Okay. Did make my list. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you look at all these movies and to me, I still enjoy black. Panther. I wish I could rank it higher, but there are things in the first act that kind of don't a hundred percent always work for me. Uh, and so I have some problems. That, oh no, I'm sorry. The second act that don't always work for me. Okay. And I have some problems of how things, how he gets to Wakanda so quickly and how he gets past what, everything. Killmonger. Yeah. Killmonger. Right. But I, I love Killmonger. Love what Michael B. I, Jordan does. Yeah. I, right? I agree. Yeah. I love what Killmonger is awesome. It is. He is. And I love how Kugler ties him into the African-American experience uh, here in the States and the idea of isolationism versus helping the world. Uh, So much of the themes that are explored in this movie are damn good to explore in this movie on a political level. Uh, And I think it's well acted by Bozeman and everybody involved. Um, uh, Winston Duke, who plays M'Baku, he's great. Forrest Whitaker, you know, Angela Bassett, uh, Shuri Wright, all these people that are involved in the making of the movie and acting of the movie. It's all very well done. Uh, but I just have some issues in the middle part of the movie that I'm like, ah, uh, that, that kind of deter me from watching it more. Like, I've never bought it, 
even though I've had an option to buy it in 4K and there's it's been available, I just have never really felt the inclination uh, uh, to buy the movie necessarily. I've seen it four times. I think I got it pretty well embedded in my head, whereas other MCU films I could see 500 times and enjoy the shit out of them every single time. I more respect this movie than I necessarily yeah. am in love with this movie, but it's enough to make it uh, number 10 on my list for sure. I was I, I just had different expectation levels for the movie going into it, so it, it colored my perception of it. It's a good movie. It just it felt like an origin story when I didn't think that that character needed one because mm. he was introduced. Yeah. But now in hindsight, looking back, it's like well they they went back to Wakanda more than once in the movies. Yeah, true. Perhaps they felt they needed to spend a lot of time there because there was going to be a set piece for big dramatic moments within movies. You know, as the buildup, and it makes yeah. it just I would love to have had more with instead of living in Wakanda, just have Wakanda be part of it, but Bozeman going in and out like because uh, then he's almost kind of they set him up on some levels like a James Bond with his sister mm. uh Q right. type, coming up with his gadgets and whatnot. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um so in the future ones, I think I'll like those honestly if they're good movies. Yeah say metrically like they rate the exact same i'm guessing i like the follow-ups better because i don't they're they're basically the characters are lived in and now we're having a story with it as opposed yeah. to the backstory yeah plus it made Wakanda like this utopian society you know what i mean and there was graffiti within wakanda like really like you're setting it up as this haven this this eden yeah there's still yeah. there's still graffiti here like i don't <laughs> Well, it's just when you walk, watch when I was watching in the theater, and I was like, "Why is there graffiti in Wakanda?" <laughs> I love it. Uh, it should be the one place in the world that doesn't have it because everybody is even if they struggle, they know that we're all here in this together, and it's you know it's us against the world type of thing. But graffiti can be an art form too, so maybe in Wakanda yes. you're allowed to express your art a little bit, and graffiti perhaps is part of that. Maybe, but there's there's one in particular. Bozeman and the the girl that he's going after and she in essence says that he can't stay like he needs to leave type of thing right whatever it was like it was pulling him apart and behind him like on a stairwell there's just some some pretty mediocre looking graffiti like some half because <laughs> there's so the other in the so your problem isn't that there is graffiti your problem is the the quality of the graffiti yes. is below Wakandan quality if if it's good quality then it's art if it's shit quality then it's just some asshole tagging. That's it's not. That's a great, great point. So yes. if Wakanda is supposed to be a utopia, there shouldn't be shitty graffiti, in my opinion. <laughs> as a white guy, <laughs> forty-one years old, what do I know about a secret hidden uh, <laughs> society in Africa? I don't. I know nothing. Uh, but I like him so much. He's awesome in it, and all the side characters. Like, yeah, having this strong. Like I love that chant that they do. Oh. If that doesn't get me hype and like in the fight in you know Infinity War, yeah, like hell yeah, bang the shields, let's get into it. That is yeah. that is a rallying cry that I feel, and I understand why certain people flat out love this movie because yeah. you know, I've never seen something like this, and that would mean the world to me if I was in those like a kid like that, right? Up and now you have this amazing. It's a damn good movie. I was just hoping like why kill Circus off in the first act? Yeah, you know yeah. why not carry him into the third act? And Killmonger kills him once he's gotten like Circus helped him get into Wakanda, and then now, hey, ultimately Killmonger sides with his people of Wakanda over Circus, so he right. takes him out. 
but it makes yeah. Killmonger an even more terrible person type of thing. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Man. Anyway, anyway, it's a good movie. I was just I had different expectations. Fair enough. Uh, my number nine, uh, not number nine, rather, is uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Uh, have at it, baby. Okay. Uh, this is one that I come back to all the time. It reawoken for a lot of us who are original trilogy people who didn't like the prequels that much. This kind of reawoken our love of Star Wars again. It touches so many of the, I mean, sorry, it checks off so many of the boxes that we were hoping to see again in Star Wars, the practical effects, the feeling of an epic story, the the three people here with Ray, Poe, and uh, and uh, and uh, Finn all combined, in essence, to be the Luke, Leia, and Han of this particular generation. Uh, we have a story with Ray, who's like this, uh, you know, this uh, essentially Luke character who has to kind of leave a, a sand planet to go and find her destiny. Uh, so much of it just makes me smile. It's just such a sure. well-done film from J. J. Abrams and I go back and watch it so so many times, or I'll flip on it on Disney Plus or whatever and enjoy it because it's just a feel good, uh, uh, enjoyable movie. And uh, Kylo Ren is irritating in the film at times, but it's not enough to take me out of the movie. I think Adam Driver was still finding what that character was going to be, uh, but the Han Solo thing coming back is so great. Uh, his his death is so powerful. Uh, you know, Leia being a part of this thing as well. So. There's so much about it that I thoroughly enjoy. And, of course, BB-8 and all of that. So, yeah, totally, totally all uh, fantastic stuff. And I just leave – I always watch it, and it just always puts a smile on my face, Matt. It always makes me feel good. So that's sure. why I put it where it is. Um, in my opinion, it's the best of those three. Mm, uh, yeah, I would think you can – absolutely, I would agree with you too. Yeah. It is the best I, of the three, consistently. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a no-brainer, yeah. but it's the best of for me because I got serious fault and – the next one in serious fault and the one after that. Oh yeah, man. The third but one. This I... one, like all the oh, it's a rehash of the others. You know what? It was nice to see Star Wars turn out like a good movie. Something yeah. that was generally enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we could get into why we didn't like the others, but that's not what we're here to do. So right, right. yeah, it was it was in consideration, but it just ultimately I like all these other movies more than I like that. So yeah. Kind of... All right, then my number eight is uh Joker. Uh, it's, it's a punt, not okay. Much, but it's a punt. Okay, all right. What's your number seven? Uh, seven is Incredibles two. Yeah, not on my list. Go ahead. Okay, man. you know, not surprising, and I might be alone in the average person's estimation. I just thought after all these years, it turned out a really successful hmm. movie that managed to toe the line between some of the, the serious, heartfelt aspects of like. The separation of the nuclear family when she is longing, she's enjoying the praise and being the focus of attention and out doing what she loves, but also the push and pull of wanting to be back in the family. And then vice versa, uh, Craig T. Nelson's Mr. Incredible, um, being at home and wanting to be out there, but him growing into the, the maturing into being the father that he always should have been. Yeah, right. When she had been the mother that, you know, basically it was just a, a flip flop of the two. And I thought the action was excellent. Overall, they got in some amazing comedy with the baby and that raccoon. I died laughing there. And then when they go to the restaurant and the kid that's had his brain uh, wiped and the dad is trying, cause he didn't realize he thought he was doing what right by his daughter and ultimately hurt her more than, than he anticipated ever anticipated to try and rectify that when she shoots the water or milk or whatever it is out her nose. I was crying laughing utterly crying, laughing in the theater, yeah. just beautifully done. It was like slapstick in animation form on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it hit all the right notes for me. I know most people think that the first one is hands down much better than the second one, 
but I enjoy both equally. And I think the action in a lot of ways is better in the second one. Yeah. Just you get to see more uh, opening with the mole man stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the, the, the Elastigirl, all the cool stuff that she gets to do. And I, I like the villain. Some people don't like that. It's the simple brother or sister. And it was, you know, whatever this simple little switch, but I like that the villain is someone that the screen uh, slaver and that's all Disney wants. Disney's putting out a movie that's anti someone that's trying to connect people to their tablets and their phones, locking them into that world. And that's all Disney wants is you to consume everything Disney at all times. And they put this out. I think it's just, it's very successful on a lot of different fronts for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally, and I've always respected your opinion on it, Matt. I know you, you do enjoy this one, and I'm not surprised to see it on your list. I think for me, it suffers because that first one is so good. I think yeah, there's, there's, there's no, there's nothing to be upset about with Incredibles two. That's a damn good movie. But I just think when I think of Incredibles, I think of the first one, and I go that, and that first one is so. So good, but there are some great moments in Incredibles too. Certainly, we've talked about the 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 water coming out of the girl's nose when she's confronted by mm-hmm. the dude she has a crush on. Certainly, that scene with him like bunk- bunkering down and figuring out the modern math to help his daughter. That's such a powerful moment to be there oh, for to help his, daughter. his son. Yeah, huh? That was to help. Oh, sorry, sorry, to help the son. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah, to help Dash. Like, that's just a powerful moment as a dad. That's Those are the sacrifices you have to make that you can't just sit around and watch TV all night. Some nights you're going to have to actually figure this stuff out so you can help your son or your daughter figure it out. Those are the sacrifices. Uh, I think for me it suffers because, I, uh, again, uh, obviously the first one, but also because I, I saw the villain coming a mile away, so it wasn't a surprise when she turned sure. out to be the villain. Yeah. Um, and then it, then it wasn't as powerful having a, having a female villain against when you're trying to have an empowering movie about women. For me, the, the message got confused a little bit where you were focusing on Elastigirl, but then, and, and she's but, so about, no, women need to be at the forefront. Women need to be the lead, which is what the villain is saying before she reveals herself to be the villain. So for me, it feels like, are they undercutting this woman's movement? And Lassiter was involved with this movie and he was getting accused of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that gets mixed into it that I wish I could remove in my mind, but I can't. So I can only have my opinion of the film and that's but, what keeps it from making my top 10. But it's not a bad movie in any way, what? shape or form. What is more equal among the sexes if you're going to truly respect and treat equal because there how many movies is both the lead and the the protagonist and antagonist male yeah so to do it in this it's just like you're just the same as us you're you're just as good and just as bad type of or you have those tendencies within you yeah Um, i I see that logic but i also think the scales need to balance out a little bit more and then we can go into that but that's once again that's your your personal opinion my personal opinion is just different in that in that approach but again this is not a bad movie in any way shape or form it's just there's those things kind of keep it off my top 10 list uh for this particular episode but it's a damn good movie that the, the jack jack raccoon stuff is brilliant um, and uh, the the actual interactions here between her kind of becoming the superhero and confronting her own things about like, well, I wanted this, but do I really want this? Because I miss my yeah. kids. I'm being at taken away from my kids. Right, at what cost? But I also like her being like the good uh, leader of the team. When those other superheroes come in, she has to kind of get them on board, and it shows yeah. what she can do. So, yeah, there's a lot to enjoy about the movie. Um, All right, what's your six? Six is the punt Joker. Oh, okay. Right on. Uh, 
you know, going into it on some level, it has somewhat of a bullseye of a hot, you know, it's, it's tough to do Joker. Yeah. And that was our, uh, you know, assessment of it. Heath Ledger crushed it. Jared Leto's was terrible. Um, and I don't, I don't give a shit how many people say, oh, you, you know, like air saying what was cut out was amazing. It was all Joker and be like, well, what you gave us was terrible. <laughs> was, it was just this one dimensional Joker. Mm-hmm. It's, you have big shoes to fill and now Joker could be so many different things after this. Right. You so you can be in the action movie like Heath Ledger, or you can be in the standalone and it's, it's just a character piece. Yeah. Yeah. Really, there are no superheroes in this. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a Joker movie. Um, but I know that it is, you know, some people flat out hated the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I understand the arguments that you're making. I don't view them the same way in the context of this movie. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And if you find fault, then I can't, you know, I can't uh, think any lesser of that because the logic of it is sound when you look yeah. at it from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but man, if Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips really didn't capture something lightning in a bottle on this yeah. one, yeah. Just the dancing alone, when he's had such a repressed kind of nature of who he is. And the first time he can finally let loose, and he doesn't know how to contain or express this emotion. And it just starts dancing in this really weird style. Should yeah. be utterly laughable. And when you see it that first time, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, and I think that's just how in tune each of the, the two people were with the character and the story and what they were trying to say. It's just impressive to me. Yeah, I agree, Matt. I mean, the score is phenomenal. They totally. It was from the minute I walked out of the theater. And I think a lot of people felt this way. They knew immediately that score was going to win an Oscar. Um, Joaquin's performance is, is just utterly transcendent. And, you know, it's an interesting film because we like to watch these underdog movies of these people climbing out of terrible situations to succeed and grow in confidence uh, to, to win a match or win a game or win a, win a girl or win something that's an obstacle in the movie, right? Well, that's what happens here. It just happens to be that this person is most alive when he is evil. Uh, when he is ruthless, when he is a killer, he actually doesn't feel any sort of empathy uh, for uh, uh, for the people he kills because in his mind, they're supposed to die for whatever reasons. Well, in his mind. And they've been as- stepping over him in the gutter. Right. It, exactly. Exactly. I mean, until the last kill, which is the psychiatrist, I don't that's when he's fully gone over the edge. But like the build up to the whole movie is him trying to figure out who he is as a person. He comes from a broken home. He comes from a mother who's lying to him. He's been taking care of her. What is the truth? What isn't the truth? It's a search for meaning in the world. And normally we're cool with it because usually it's a protagonist that's a good person. But in this film, he's not. So I think it asks the viewer. It asks more of the viewer as you're watching it. Like you have to yeah. you know, look at this and remove your judgment of him necessarily because you're looking at it as a guy who is growing in confidence. And as he grows in confidence, you mentioned the dance scene, uh, the scene in the train when he just kind of swaggers out and puts the mask in, the way he talks to Morty uh, when he's on the TV show and mm-hmm. then shoots him and then the way he reacts afterwards. like All of it is him growing in confidence from a society that could give two shits if he dropped dead uh, uh, at any point in the movie. 
So he builds and builds and builds. And so a lot of people hate the movie because it seems to glorify violence or glorify bullshit. It's about a guy, uh, a person, a human being coming into his power. You just don't like the power that he comes into. But he absolutely removes his loss, his self-esteem issues, his self-worth issues. And he is confident and strong. I mean, how many times as the Joker does, he burst into those uncontrollable fits of laughter? It doesn't. It rare because he's now in control of himself. And so it's just it's it's fascinating to watch yeah. as a character study. I really I mean, I didn't I liked initially going into it knowing that they didn't intend on making a sequel, so it's a one-off. Yeah. And because it's so successful, once they, you know, a week after the first weekend opening box office, the rumors were like, okay, we're willing to because it just they had a hit, but now I agree with the decision before, and now I agree with the if you want if you think you can pull off a sequel, I am interested to see what you could do with this. Right, right. Because it's, he's not some big criminal mastermind, yeah. but he has you know he had he does now understand a few more things. And what if he managed to escape Arkham Asylum? Yeah, what he do uh, it's it's in, uh, it's intriguing. Yeah, I agree with surprising. you. And it's set. I mean, look, it was set in the eighties. And the rumors are that Pattinson's Batman is going to be set in the '90s, so anything is possible here. Anything is—I know they want—they're going to try not to connect them, but anything is possible. So I'm just putting it out there. Um, all right. So then, my number seven is uh, Captain America: Civil War, which is the punt from earlier, right? Your okay. Ten? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, as much as I enjoy the Joker, right? I, it, it's not once again, it's not one that I'm going to put on that much. But Captain America: Civil War is just a goddamn great movie. So good for as an MCU movie. So good. This entire mm-hmm. Captain America trilogy is, is stellar. Uh, and this particular one, I mean, the airport fight, the introduction of Spider-Man, sure. what Captain America is fighting against, this idea of you know turning over our civil rights to the government, being controlled, all of that rolling through this movie is there. Black Widow. Uh, so much of it is just enjoyable throughout. And I just I think it's one of those films that, yeah, everyone called it, what, Avengers 2.5 or something like that. But I absolutely enjoy the film for, for Yeah, and fair enough. But for yeah. what it presents, the growing division between Tony and uh, and uh, uh, Cap, and then it leads to Bucky and everything that happens at the end. Yeah. Stellar, and stellar fight. One of the best villains in comic book movies in yeah. Evo. Yes, Baron Zemo, yeah. Yeah, Zemo. Um, just a regular guy that managed to get information and expose, shine a light on the shadows. Yep. And it's enough to, to sow some discord and, you know, basically show some, some faults in the, the structural integrity of this yeah. foundation type of thing. Yeah. Uh, that was super interesting. It's just lower because I wish this winter soldier had made over a billion because winter soldier, I oh. that one better. And that would be yeah. higher on my list. I agree with you, Matt. Absolutely. Would have been higher on my list too. Um, all right, so then my number six is uh, Star Wars Rogue One. That is an ever so slight punt, my friend. <laughs> oh, all right, well, and there have to be some commercials in between that punt, is what we got to do. Uh, so right now, we're going to take a quick break and hear these words from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with you. And we're back. Boom, there I, it is. I like the weird, uh, <laughs> was that half assed, uh, like Italian scat? Yeah, beep, beep, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh what's your number five, my man? 
Amazingly, my five is a punt from earlier, <laughs> which is Rogue One. Nice. Okay. I think it's the other reason that Force Awakens didn't make my list. It's like Rogue One is in my top five. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to spread the word, the love around a little bit more amongst all these things. But um, Rogue One to both of us is is oh, yeah. fantastic. It's like that's the best since you know the first trilogy for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is flat out uh, fantastic. Yeah. The ending. I love that those were reshoots with Vader, and those are you know in the discussion of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, best scenes in Star Wars. Ever. Like it's one, yeah. You can argue it's one of the top five scenes yeah. in any Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. Pitch black hallway, lightsaber comes on. That's a fucking horror film. At <laughs> it really is, yeah. Because now you're putting yourself in the position because those people don't more than likely don't know who Darth Vader is. Yeah, right. Don't or have heard tale of. Right, Just right. Early, you know, it, it's, it's he had hunted clones, but... It's not like, you know, the, the galaxy is a vast place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but just that, the red shining out and a slight silhouette and illumination of Vader. And then you just see, I love that the blast doors close and there's still through the little peep window, you can see bodies flying up in the air. Yeah. Saber comes through just like this is utterly fantastic. And the whole buildup that they all have to die. We know it going into it and how they do it. Now the, the Saul storyline with Forrest Whitaker is kind of wasted. Yeah, it is. You don't need him. I guess it was, it was probably a part of what they originally had and they cut out, like where the stormtroopers going through the water. Right. Saul would have, you know, been more a part of that. Um, yeah. But I think overall it is wildly successful. It really is, man. It's, it, you know, um, I've talked about this before on the show, I think, and on other shows. Like, there are, I have only a few movies on my laptop a handful of movies on my laptop that i will watch because if i'm on a plane or whatever it's just those are the movies i will turn to skyfall is one of them uh gladiator is one of them the town is one of them and rogue one i mean i have watched rogue one on so many planes because it is such a fast movie even though it's over two hours and you you just enjoy the characters so much uh, i think felicity Jones, is that her name? Uh, does a fantastic yes. job uh, as uh, uh, as Jin Erso in this movie, and then you have Diego Luna in here as uh, as Cashin Andor, and he's kind of a dirty guy. You know, he kills that informant in the near the beginning of the movie. K two S O is a brutal droid. Uh, all of it just kind of great. works, right? It's just like it's no nonsense droid. He's brutal in in his approach to things and the sacrifice that every huh. almost yeah everyone makes. By the end of the movie, plus you have a so you have it's so well shot. It's so well shot. I mean, those shots of the black stormtroopers walking through the grass oh, with Orson Krennic is just incredible. Just um, gorgeous. Right? Going to Mustafar, that looks yes. beautiful. Yeah. And down on the beach, when they they you know fire the weapon and you see it, it looks beautiful. Yeah. From from a thousand miles away, it's it's like seeing a big firework. Yeah. Yeah, you think, you think K2SO is brutal? I think so. yeah, because sarcastic. Of, he's well, the reprogrammed one is a good guy, but he yeah. is, calculates the odds, and they're like, "But the you gave her a gun, but you didn't give me a gun," type of thing. Right. right. She hands him the bag to hold, and as soon as they get out of frame, he just drops. Yeah, that's perfect comedy. He's no, he's funny, but I mean, when he has to fight, it's 
there's no question. Like it's brutal when he implements, like when he's punching or when he's destroying things, like there's no question in how he, he goes about as a droid. That's what I mean. You know, whereas three PO might be like, I don't know what I'm doing or, sure. uh, or well, R2 for different you know. things. Right. Exactly. And so I, I like the ways it's, it's one of my favorite characters, but also we, we'd be remiss not to mention uh, a Baze uh, Malbus and Chim, 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 Imwe, or Chirrut Imwe rather. I mean like their sacrifices, those are powerful oh, moments. Yeah. You get to feel the death of every single person uh, in Rogue One, and that's because they developed the film so well. And then this—I mean, we haven't even mentioned the space fight scenes with the Corvette movement, the the, the yeah, hammerhead, hammerhead Corvette. Yeah, all of that is just awesome, you know. So just really, really good stuff throughout the movie, and a visually just stunning, stunning yeah. film. I just got it in 4K. I I'm, I'm can't wait to watch it in 4K and see what it looks like. So I'm excited. It's just such a good movie. It is. Top to bottom. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, five. My five is uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War. Oh, that's a fun. Okay. All right. Uh, what's your four? Uh, my four is Toy Story 3. That's my four. Right on. Uh, this and four both grossed a billion. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 3, I mean... The fact that that's a kids movie, barely. Is, but, but kids can enjoy it because I, you know, when they're circling uh, the the bowels of hell and almost going into incinerator, yeah, the kids are going to think of like, oh, they're going to get burnt up. But we're reading into this exactly what they're doing and why they're making the choice of if I've got to die, I'd rather be here with you than right. be by myself and kind of alive type of thing. And you know, we all for one and one for all. It's a three musketeers type of attitude. And it's just, we've been with these characters for so long. It, I don't know. They, they, they have such a great handle on who each individual is and how they work within the dynamic of the group. And then you bring in somebody like Lotso, yeah, and just a truly evil character. But you understand his motivations. It's like, right. you know, Thanos, who we'll be talking about in a moment, giving a backstory. You could kind of understand why they're making the choices, even if you don't agree with them. Um, and you know, the addition of, uh, Michael Keaton wanting to do the dress off type of thing yeah, yeah. finally to show off his outfits to Barbie as Ken great little bits of comedy yeah. uh, data head when he's a tortilla. I, that was, that was fantastic in the movie. So they, they do the nice balance of, you know, visual and, and jokes for kids and whatnot. And the, the deeper, darker stuff for the adults and yeah. a unengaging storyline throughout. It's, you know, it's really perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. I mean, it's just, it's so well voiced over uh, the Spanish moment with buzz is great. Uh, the, the, and like you mentioned, I mean, that's that moment you lead to the incinerator stuff, but like what's so great about Toy Story, the Toy Story franchise, every time there's a villain, there's a reason for why the person is a, is a villain. It's a, because either yeah. negligence or fear uh, or uh, being thrown away by its owner. There's always this motivation that there is something other than what you're actually seeing. There's something below the surface. And so it makes you, uh, it's like a cautionary tale. This could be you if you don't handle a certain thing or if certain things happen to you and True. you don't look at it in a certain way, you could end up uh, being this, you know? And uh, but, but throughout, like when they're, the, was it Sunnydale or Sunnyvale, whatever the place is, like, there are some funny, funny moments throughout that that sequence, but all the whole time, there it's it's a new challenge for them. They've kind of it's kind of a video game, like they've leveled up in Toy Story three to a way more broader challenge than yes. they've ever faced before. So their friendships are 
tested in ways that they never were before leading up to, like you said, that moment there in the incinerator where it possibly could happen to them. Uh, and even then they don't kill Lotso. Even then when they have the chance no. to kill Lotso, they save him. He yeah, does get punished, was, if they ultimately, yeah, but they say it would him. violate who they are. Why would they yeah. do that? Exactly. Exactly. They don't wish him ill will. Um, right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, for Pixar. And then see something like Onward and you're like, man, I wanted so much more for this going into it. Mm-hmm. That's just the last one I could think of of theirs. And also that handing off the toys to to uh, the next uh, to Bonnie, I think her name is like handing the toys to or Sophie, whatever her name is, like uh, Andy handing his toys off at the end of Toy Story three is such a powerful moment as well. Like you know they've been my friends for so long, I have yeah. to let them go because I have to grow up. You know, there's that uh, that Bible saying like when I became a man, I put away my childish things, and that's what that's all about. So, um, all right. So what's your number three, man? Uh, my three is Skyfall. That's my two. Perfect. Nice. Um, It's I'm happy it made a billion dollars. I didn't realize it had done that well. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, Because, you know, there are people that prefer Casino Royale with these Daniel Craig's, but for for us, it's Skyfall. And I I mean, I just watched it at the start of quarantine. I watched it again. Yeah, it's just you can start it anywhere. I like it, uh, you know, from beginning to end. It's a really interesting story. And it's also, it gives you more depth of like Bond feels betrayed because M had to make the choice that she had to make. Yeah. You look at it from M's perspective of, look, it's country above all of us. If the sacrifice was me for the sake of country, I would make that. And he ultimately learns that it's nothing against him. It's just all signed on for a specific job. And he comes to realize that it's also why they reactivate him for duty kind of again. He's not physically or psychologically ready but the only way he's ever going to get back is by being able to do these things again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Javier Bardem as a former agent, you know, gone rogue because he felt betrayed because yeah. he's in the same situation as Bond. And you get to see both sides of this coin when he pulls his job, man, that is sp- <laughs> spooky as hell. The first time it's still yeah, effective, but now I know it's coming, but he pulls out and suddenly the, Skin around his eye goes down, and there's you can see where the the acid or whatever it was ate through the muscle and the tissue. And oh, can you imagine the agonizing pain as it's not effective or lethal enough to kill you? It's just enough to eat away at you. Oh, that's I can't I can't even fathom what that would feel like. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I like the uh, the addition of Q, the new Q with Ben Wishaw. Um, the stuff with M is great. The stuff with Ray Fiennes is great. Yeah. Um, uh, everything that they get involved in in this film is is just stellar from the beginning, right? He's shot off that train, uh, mm-hmm. and essentially the you know, and the kill shot was ordered by M. Uh, so like in a way, he feels betrayed by them, and then has to come back and fight another former double O, right? Uh, someone who would probably know every one of his moves. 
And those sequences are so well done and well shot. I mean, that train going through everything is yeah. like, wow. Um, and then, they, of course, then end up fighting uh, at his house, his house where he was born or where he was raised, in, you know, there in Scotland with uh, with um, Albert Finney yeah. and uh, Judy Dench all fighting. And, you know, and Judy Dench passes away in the movie, man. It is like incredible to watch uh the 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 steps that they take sam mendes takes in this movie the it's my it's the to me it's the best james bond movie ever it's always number one for me it's just so damn good right but and i love that they managed to bring back a little bit of the nods to the previous like Mm. it's in the car as an ambush towards the end and boom the little machine guns come out yeah (laughs) it's like that's the way you do it uh, where we bring back the gadgets from the Roger Moore ish era, right? Uh, and it's a nice reference to that. It's a little more believable as opposed to like full on. Now we're looking for these gadgets in each yeah. Type yeah. Of thing. And it's expansive story. It goes all over the world. So yeah. it's uh, interesting to watch. Uh, for that and the ending too, you know the revenge ending is really good too. Um, okay, so, so what what's is your three? My three is the Dark Knight. Uh, that's a pun. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. What's your two? So two is the pun from you earlier, Infinity War. Okay. Um, of, like, it's one of my favorites from the MCU. Okay. I prefer it to in game just because you don't exactly know how they're going to get to the point they need to by the end of Infinity War, whereas in game, you know, the conclusion of it. Yeah before you set foot in the theater. So I want to see how Thanos manages to get one up on the Avengers. And it's a backstory when I am, I am sick of origin stories in superhero films now, but they do it in this one because you need to understand the motivations of why someone would make these choices and do the things that he has to do. And when he kills Zoe Saldana, you feel for him. Oh yeah. Like genuinely. When he is broken up, when he turns to her, you know, it, it's a soul for a soul to get the soul stone. And she's like, ah, you never loved anything. And he turns to him and she can see that to him, he's always loved her. Yeah. He understands that she doesn't reciprocate that, but he has always viewed her as. Well, understand it. Yeah. What's that? Or yeah, or understand it. Yeah. Um, and what he does to like Nebula is he's trying, he feels that that is the best way to motivate to get the best out of Nebula is is twisted and disgusting as that is. Yep. Uh, it, it, it just so thoroughly fleshes out the motivations of this larger-than-life character as opposed to going the route of, say, Justice League and introducing, oh, here's Steppenwolf. He's like, well, I, I can't feel why I should be afraid of some of, of him. How is he able to defeat all these things? Whereas Thanos, it was a slow, gradual build, and he was genuinely a titan. You can understand as they 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 build up the mythos uh, around him. Like when Hulk gets thrown back to Earth, and he looks up and he's like, "Dude, Thanos is coming." There's fear in his eyes. There is, yeah, yeah. Uh, And just Infinity War managed to do that. I love the like uh, um, bringing to life like the Reality Stone. A manipulation of reality. They do that. He does it a couple of different times, especially within uh, the face off against uh, when uh, 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 guardians show up to try and yeah. get own from him there. And then later on when he's about to fight Stark and strange and Spider-Man and all that stuff. And he shows them what Titan looked like before he, you know, before what he prophesied came true. Yeah. 
what he's trying to save the universe from. And it's just the illustration of, of, yes, a lot of people will die, but he feels that the collateral damage is worth the long-term sustainable health of the universe as a whole. And you're like, this is an excellent villain. Yeah, yeah. He is, and, and you're right, and, and the, that whole ending, too. I mean, like, what guts from yeah. uh, Marvel and Disney to kill off these characters at the end of Infinity War and have it be th- uh, Thor's fault and the Avengers' fault and, like, carry that for months until you get to Endgame. It was such a gutsy decision, man, and I respect that movie for that, and I agree with you. Thanos, and the fact that you can see some of Thanos' logic if your mind is a little bit more open to the idea of overpopulation, the idea of what we're doing to uh, pollution all over the world, you know, how we're just having babies willy-nilly that we can't necessarily always provide for or support or give the best care to simply because we can have sex. Like, all of that is is within what Thanos is talking about. His logic is wow. not unsound. It is not unsound. And even more so because... The death comes indiscriminately. It is not, oh, the rich get to survive and the poor die. No, it is random, indiscriminate, and just half the galaxy is gone. And if you're chosen to die, you die. And if you're not, you live. And I think that's great. Uh, Equality in the evilness is a rare thing. And so in that way, that's what takes this movie to a next level. And I go insane when people try to denigrate Marvel and the MCU and say, oh, they're cookie-cutter films, essentially the same movie over and over again. You're out of your fucking minds. There is so much happening. They're the same in that, by and large, they deliver a quality product. (laughs) It's an entertaining movie. True. Uh, Yes, and entertaining movies work under a structure. Every movie seen is derivative of previous movies yeah. because there's a formula that within 90 minutes to two and a half hours whatever you're making in a movie yeah specific actions need to happen at certain times and etc 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 so we have an emotional connection to the story the characters everything that's happening so yeah they're cookie cutter uh but i think that that argument holds about as much water as a colander does <laughs> so fair fair and i think Thanos is now on Earth leading no mask chance, but he's like got an ulterior, but he's out there going, yeah, no mask. No, you know what I mean? He's out there infringement on our rights. This is exactly what I always wanted. This is what I wanted. To indeterminate, say, you know, just take out some of the population here. They're doing it for me. This is great. Yeah, it's crazy, man, and 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 it's such a well done film, man. All the build up until the end is just, just so well. All these teams are being put together, and those of us who are comic book fans, Matt, you know, we're seeing characters that we never thought would actually fight live on screen fighting together. The combination of different teams—it isn't the same team that you've seen. Like different uh, heroes are on different parts of this journey and different planets and being involved in different situations. And you're just like, Oh man, I never thought I'd see this, you know, two things. I never thought I'd see Uh, (laughs) Spider-Ham. Yes. Never. Why would Spider-Ham ever exist? And when Ant-Man goes giant that you saw in civil war, Oh yeah. But I'd see that. And when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, I am so excited for this movie because that was one of those random favorite things that I love from Ant-Man in the storyline when he would go huge. It was like, this is fun. Um, so yeah, and to be able to see that, uh, you know, yeah. Marvel does it well. So yeah, Marvel does it well. Um, all right, where are we at? Uh, what your number two? Two Wait. is Skyfall. Um, okay. my so and we've done your three. Yeah, so we're up to your number one, I guess. Yeah, 
So my one is the punt for you from your three, Dark Knight. Okay. All right. Um, it's just it was exceeded hype. It's it's the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. It. You know. What more can you say? It's exactly. I have nothing to add that we haven't, and everybody else. But it deserved a place of honor, and yeah. it's the king of these forty-six movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I. Yeah, I, I love it uh, as well, and uh, yeah, it deserves to be there for your for your list, absolutely, in the top three for mine. Um, then my number one is uh, Avengers Endgame. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't keep it off the list, and I couldn't limit, you know, just to two of them for Avengers. I had to, like, put this one on, man. It's it's one that just works for me better than Infinity War, and, that, and it's incremental. Just incremental. I love the idea that they're dealing with PTSD. I love the idea that they're dealing with the ramifications of the loss, the tragedy, the the guilt, the pain, what that does to them and what they have to overcome throughout. Plus, I think it's actually kind of an interestingly complex film in terms of the time travel and what they need to go through. Plus, uh, Thanos figuring them out. Uh, I love the fact that Thanos figures out because Thanos is not an idiot as a great villain should B, he's not an idiot. You know, he understands right. what's happening, figures it out, uses uh, a nebula to, to, you know, the old nebula to figure out what's going on, and then, you know, implements a plan that could absolutely destroy them. And then you get that moment at the end that on your left cap, oof, there's nothing, maybe no greater moment in, in, in Marvel movie history. True. Captain America completely beaten. Uh, and just standing there and willing to just take, get his ass kicked by this multitude of uh, of aliens uh, being led oh, by yeah. Thanos. The cinematography of that shot where yeah. only one bathed in light. Yeah. This chasm between them and it's the other army, and this dark looming thunderclouds over in the shadows. Yeah. And just, just the setup of that shot is so beautiful. And yeah, on your left, and yeah. then there's a symbol, and there's, there's so many different parts. I think one of the best illustrations of, of who Thanos is in that movie, when it comes time for the final battle, he just sits down. Yeah. Knowing that the fight is going to come to him. Regardless why why waste energy standing and getting prepped? Just sit. He's right. He's utterly right. Yeah. Like that, that is the sign of excellent writing and overall arc of, of everything. Kevin Feige and all the artists that worked on this for well over a decade. That is the, 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 crystallization of that. If, you know, this character makes the most sense is he's just going to sit and wait because right. he knows that ultimately all, all roads lead to Rome and he is yeah. Rome. Yeah, exactly. And the fight. Yeah, I just, I, I, if I was going to put a second Avengers on, I was going to do the first one because right. it was tough. It was, a, it was, we didn't know if that was going to be possible. And it was, yeah. Put on two MCUs cause I wanted to scatter around and I got another Joker. And so like, I had some, some comic book on movies on there, so I want to kind of to to, to sprinkle the love around. Yeah. But yeah, totally. Endgame is awesome. I just I like Infinity War better because of the context of going into it. But Endgame is awesome. Totally. All right. Well, there you go. That's our separate top ten lists uh, here for the top ten uh, movies that made a billion dollars. Uh, so we're gonna count. We're gonna put this list together and then count them down. I'm gonna grab my uh, bongos. Correct, and then. Uh, David, we'll uh, read your list as soon yeah. as we're done combining the two of ours and doing all yep. this. Yeah. Uh, I imagine, what, Dark Knight is first? Uh, yeah, 1-3. I don't think anything beats that. Um, okay. 
So I don't have your one. Infinity War, you had where? Infinity War is five, but we both have Skyfall. Skyfall two, three. three. Yeah, yeah so I Skyfall. And then potentially Toy Story is two, well, two fours or two five. Well, two four beats two five, I imagine. No, no, no. It's two fours. Oh. Or, or two, two five. Okay, so it's two fours or two fives is what you're saying? No, no, no. Two fours, so two number fours. Yes. Or a two dash five. Well, a two dash five, I think, beats the two fours, don't you? Me too. Yeah, okay. Because the five elevates, the two elevates the five. Yeah. Past the four. Um, All right, so after that, uh, I would probably say in game. Yeah, please. Otherwise, it's going to be five, six, rogue one. Yeah, no, no. Endgame goes above that. I'm just so certain. I, I am. The Rogue One will be next. Then I would say Joker at seven. And Civil War? Yeah, I have Civil War at seven. Yeah. All right, so where are we at? Uh, nine and ten. So what's your next highest? See, we've got Avengers on game on there, Skyfall on there, Dark Knight, Toy Story 3, Infinity War, Rogue One, Civil War, Joker. So my next highest is nine, The Force Awakens. Um, okay, so Jurassic Park is my eight, so beat you there. And then Force Awakens versus Return of the King. I think Return of the King is superior, personally. Well, that's fine, but then you get all your uh, – uh, that doesn't seem fair. You get all yours on the list. I, I – so it shouldn't matter that it shouldn't be that you get all your movies on the list. That doesn't seem fair. I, I think I think we flip a coin personally. Well, that's because it benefits you. That's ridiculous. But that, this doesn't get all your movies on the list. What is no. your Black Panther is off the list? Uh, that's fine. All right, Force Awakens. There it is. That's right. You're a gentleman. Uh, all right, Bongo is up, baby. Let's do it. The top 10 billion dollar movies, yeah. At number 10. The Force Awakens. At number 9. Jurassic Park. At number 8. Captain America Civil War. At number 7. Joker. At number 6. Rogue One. At number five, Avengers Endgame. At number four, Toy Story 3. At number three, Avengers Infinity War. At number two, Skyfall. And the number one movie that made a billion dollars at the box office is The Dark Knight. (laughs) Where are the drugs? Then I've got uh, David Mitchell Baker's in front of me. Uh, thanks, guys, for choosing my topic. Hope you enjoyed uh, talking about it. We for this, I went with billion-dollar movies unadjusted for inflation. Um, according to the official listings from Box Office Mojo, here's my list. It's the same thing we did. At 10, he's got The Force Awakens. Nine, Avatar. Eight, Black Panther. Mm. Seven, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Six, Skyfall. Five, Zootopia. Four, The Dark Knight. Three, Toy Story 3. 
two, Star Wars The Last Jedi, and number one is The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he had it number one. I yeah. I can't believe only I think it was only one Harry Potter was the billion and it was definitely Hallows too. Yeah. Yeah. Part two. Yeah, there are others that I take before that one. Yeah, I would take Azkaban before that one. I yeah, might even take a couple. part one and uh, Half-Blood Prince over that one or whatever it is. Right? Yeah, Half-Blood Prince. No, no. Which one is the one with the army? The Dumbledore's army in there. Rise of the Phoenix I, or whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. Yeah, it could be uh, uh, Phoenix or perhaps it's Goblet. It's not Goblet of Fire. No, I hate Goblet of I'm Fire. Like, you hate Goblet of Fire? I like Goblet of Fire. It's fine. Um, um the Order of the Phoenix or something like that, I think is what it's called. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. All right, anyway. And, well, thank you, David, for uh, yes. supporting us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. And now we do our shout outs, uh, which is the end of the month, the last show of the month. Yes. And uh, after shout outs, got a quick announcement about our new show, Top 10 Jeopardy. But yep. uh, are you ready to do some shout outs? Yeah, uh, these are not alphabetical like usual. So yep. uh, we're just going to read them. That we are. Uh, would you care to start? Sure. Philip Hunt. Ben Archambault. Colson Kuliopoulos. Brandon M. Eggleston. Stephen Westaway. Uh, Callie Onken. Hans Eskelson. Justin, uh, I don't know. Okay. Ruben Enriquez. Christian Lungard Kuehler. Dwayne Joseph Burke. Lachlan Skinner. Nancy Mallory. Benny Haste. Charles Kim. Chuck Hawking. Uh, Michael Ashby. Joseph Curran. Fred Castillo. Edward Wilshire. J. Scotty St. Clair. Charles J. Clark. Ryan Beachy. Albert Wiradharma. What's up, Albert? Thomas Clarence. Sam Monsalvi. Ian Platt. Zachariah Kaufman. J., uh, Jeff Dickin. Sean LeBeau. Labua. Francisco J. Torres. Luan, uh, Luan Williams. Oh, yes. Uh, James Nost. Jody Money. Connor Teal. Michael D. Dock, Dyke. Ro- uh, Robert Francesco Surase. Jan Via Canazar. Andrew Marker. Michael Kelly. Tim Reimert. Brandon Monroe. Dominic Greaves. David Gregson. Cody Rexford. Eric Bruin. Matt Simmons. Frank Montoya. Blake O'Brien. Kyle Beckworth. Jonathan Caro. Jeff Keith. Jeff Kelly. Jeremy Bowers. Uh, Josh Stetz. James Petal. Petty. I'm sorry. James Petty. Nick Francis. Billy Gulliams. Christopher Brockman. Blake Gant. Kyle Feller. Haley Morton. Cameron Chapman. Marcus Davenport. Alex Russell. Matthew Pullen. Oh, well, too far there. Bobby Michael. Ashley Prowls. Daniel McCarty. Willie Logie. Stephen Armstrong. Drew Burkhart. Stacy Flores. Scott Zarnecki. Luke Allison. Keith Fitzgerald. Mark Fawcett. Kristen Kurtz. Bobby Carney. Dylan Johnson. Jim White. Uh, Zach Butts, a.k.a. James Anthony. Gareth Weldon. Cody Seal. Ian Horner. The Blast from Our Past podcast. Timothy R. Williams. Chris Lemke. In Love with Movies podcast. All right. Johanna Linaverta. 
JIC317. DJ Red Hot Cox. Kyle Spahn. James Leggett. Ahmad Ali. Darren Bush. Angela Dashner. Timothy Berg. James Winstead. Uh, Pasquale Bulfamante. Dan Petraglia. Bernie Knapp. Sean Scott. Christopher McIntyre. Louis Berrigan. Josh Lawrence. Chelsea Lewis. Adelardo Fuente. Reagan Lovig. Rodrigo Valverde III. Dylan Bueller Dempsey. Andres Mendoza. Lawrence Witt. Andre Constantinescu. Elijah York. Steve Schluckemeyer. Catherine Samuels. Todd Whitke. Uh, Houston Bodley. Roque Orellana. Keith Archer. Shane Noble. Matt Hannigan. Maurice Robinson. Alan Snuffleupagus Bent. <laughs> Brandon Caridi. Ben Quirk. Michael Schmer. Ravi Prasad. Joe Farrelly. Charlie McKenna. Uh, Gunner. Mark Menchaca. Josh Mabry. Ben Cartwright. Nizar Alabasi. April Rybacki. Tim Begg. Jeremy Metz. Sup, Jeremy? John Douse. Juan Reyes. Uh, my boy Mike Shea. Blair Simpson. Cameron Belgrade. Josh Murphy. Alex Ramsey. Josh Sachs. Oh, George Menchaca. Dale Varley. Cody Markham. Uh, Phil Neglia. Chris Consiglio. Wayne Murphy. Edward Dobbins. Nick Dornoff. Andrew O'Day. Johanna Schmidt. Andrew Erbs. Sujayanth, Sujayanth Fernando. Eric Stevenson. Ian Brick Beltran Lopez. Evan Zoller. Thorsten Ambuler. Eric Bloor. Jacob Bullen. Philip Lane. Kevin Foss. Jen Kemp. Ryan McKenna. Tim Kaskuba. Andy Tan. Uh, Brian Akins. Alexander Marzonia. Alex. Garth Wiesenant. Deborah Torres. Sean Brennan. Mike Barrington. Dimitri Melot. Ed Buzzkirk. Oh, man. Ellis Menchaca. The trifecta. Nicholas Smith. <laughs> Jeff Saliba. Noel Kelleher. Jim Payne. Scott Kohler. The Cinephiles. David Mitchell Baker. Andy Ortiz. John Keefe. Kristen Smith. Matthew Lee Cravens. Marcel Berman. Uh, James Trapani. Drew Enns. Dan Nye. Pretty little son of a bitch. Seth Shearer. Laura Deverson. Ryan M. Brandos. Andrew Hayes. Niall Blackie. Matt Yoon. Chris Jones. Luke Larson. Chris Cabrera. Julian Key. Robert Haley. Babo. Joey Anthony. Christos Alexakos. Aaliyah Moore. Aaliyah. And Anthony Castlenova. Our thanks to all of you that support us over at patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10. Absolutely. And update about top 10 Jeopardy. Um, on the previous main show, I believe I, I said that if you signed up at the laser nipples uh, level and above, it's actually Chimp Strong. This is the last day you can sign up when you're hearing this. But if anybody hears this late and they accidentally signed up at uh, the laser nipples level, and it was just a, you heard me that one time, even though we mentioned before that it was the $20 tier and up, just email us at top10podcast at gmail, and we can rectify it. Uh, we think it'll only potentially 
apply to two, maybe three people that joined up at the new $10 level. Um, everybody else either moved up or stayed where they are or whatever the case is. But if there was any confusion, please just let us know at top10podcast at Gmail, all spelled out, and we'll take care of it. Everybody else, uh, look forward to an email about that coming up. We're going to start uh, figuring out schedules and seeing when, when everybody can sign up. And uh, we've got tons of people helping us write questions. We're looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody that joined and wants to be a potential guest on the show. And we hope everybody out there is uh, staying safe. You can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. Follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, Definitely wear a mask, uh, wash your hands, put on gloves, whatever you need to do to survive. Do all of that. Please uh, also subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says. And don't forget, we also have a YouTube channel, the top 10. If you're watching or you're listening to us and you'd like to watch us do the show, go and find our YouTube channel there. uh, The top 10, you'll see our logo and see all the shows we've done there on camera. Mm -hmm. They're all housed on the YouTube channel and subscribe to that channel. Give it some love as we try to march towards monetizing that thing as well. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching this episode of the Top 10 Show. And we'll talk to you next time for another brand new episode here on the Top 10. Adios. Ooh.